Welcome to the Retzel Health Law Hotspot. Health Law Hotspot is a podcast for physicians and health professionals that covers the legal issues and trends that affect the healthcare industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Health Law Hotspot. I'm Erica Adler, shareholder and leader of the healthcare practice at Retzel and Andrus. And today I'm joined by my partner, Donna Hartle, who is a shareholder and leader of our tax practice at Retzel and Andrus. And today we're going to be talking about what she described as a hot topic at the IRS as being employee retention credits, which were established under the CARES Act during COVID. So she's going to give us an update and tell us what's going on. So welcome, Donna. Oh, thank you, Erica. Uh, I'm sure that uh, many of you, if you're watching this, have heard something on the news every once in a while about the employee retention credit. Or if you own a business, you probably have had somebody, whether it's a colleague or an accountant or or a, a solicitor, talk to you about the employee retention credit. Uh, at the beginning of COVID, it was part of a lot of the uh, assistance packages that the IRS put out. And and one and this one, the employee retention credit, was a very lucrative credit for employers. Uh, you you basically got a credit against your um employment taxes based on the amount of employees you had. And it was either based on a dip in your gross revenue or receipts, or it was based on a involuntary shutdown of your business because of a governmental order. And so, and how much of a dip or how much of an effect depended on what year you're taking the credit for. So the the rules are all over the place. The IRS actually has updated its chart on irs.gov that tells you per quarter, per year, what the rules are for any particular part. But what's happened is that uh, there were a number of new companies that began during COVID that started soliciting businesses saying, hey, we can get you this great amount of money for the employee retention credit, just pay us a percentage. And what they were doing is they were filing claims that were questionable. Um, The businesses, not knowing any better, were filing them. And the IRS finally caught wind of this. Now, not every company that does this for you is doing it in an untoward way, but a lot of times you don't know which one you're getting. And so what has happened is as time has gone on, the IRS has finally said enough. We're not going to process any more claims filed after September 14th of 2023. Not that we're going to deny them, not that we're not going to accept them, but we're not going to process them because the IRS is trying to get its mind around which ones are really, truly valid claims and which ones aren't. I can tell you that if you based it on gross revenue drop, gross receipts drop, it's going to be pretty easy to prove that's what the case the, the ones that are out there that are causing some uh, heartburn for a number of businesses are the ones that are based on a governmental order causing a shutdown. And a lot of the initial claims didn't have to prove what they meant. They just had to attest that it was the case. But now the IRS is drilling down. And as other professionals now, like our firm, are getting involved, we have to prove what the governmental order was that ha- that 
caused your business to shut down for a period causing this problem. And uh, we, we are finding that a number of those companies have not been doing their due diligence and advising the businesses correctly. So where does that leave you? It leaves you with a couple things. Number one, if you feel you really qualify for the credit and have not filed yet, check it, double check it, triple check it. I mean, the IRS on their uh, webinar that they have on this has said that exact same thing. We're giving you time. We want you to be absolutely sure you qualify before you file. And so that's what we advise. And you might want to advise having your attorney or your accountant double check that. But don't not file it if you think you qualify because the 2020 filings expire in April of 2024. So you still need to get it on file, but make sure you really qualify. Um, second, if you find out that you put in a claim, but you now realize that you are not given good advice and you don't qualify, the IRS on its website has a procedure now for withdrawing your claim without penalty. You can't withdraw a partial claim. You're either withdrawing it all or you're not. And if you've received the check already, you can still do this withdrawal if you haven't cashed the check. Right now, there isn't a procedure for returning money that you've cashed. We anticipate there may be something for that. But right now, the advice is just consult your tax advisor, accountant, or lawyer, because that's going to be important. I will tell you that the IRS recently published a statistic that said that they have denied 20,000 claims already. So it is one of these things that it happened so fast, people were advised to go forward, but a lot of people don't qualify and you just want to be careful. Okay, what, what about those ones that you said after September 2023, they aren't processing them? What does that mean? Where do those, what happens with those? They go into the void. Um, <laughs> so they are, they are going into the virtual pile that's sitting on the virtual desk waiting for instruction from the IRS, if they're gonna process, how they're gonna process, but at least they will be considered filed timely Okay. If, if you get it in. So if you filed prior to September 14th, they're going to be processing them. If you file after September 14th, it will just sit there in abeyance until the IRS decides. Now the IRS said the moratorium is gonna go at least through the end of 2023, What's going to happen in 2024, we just don't know yet. I will say, for the most part, if you can if you can kind of handle some of the rhetoric, um, irs.gov does a pretty good job of keeping an update of what's going on with it. And if you get on something called irsvideos.gov, there's actually a webinar about it right now. So it, it's actually not too bad. Great. All right. Well, really helpful information. And of course, if anybody out there has questions, uh, Donna as your go-to person to be able to help. I know a lot of our clients were solicited and, and did submit, um, you know, applications for this refund. So and, they, um, may be, and they may be fine. I'm not saying they're not, but I would also, if you did it through one of these standalone companies that solicited it, uh, read your contract, see what it says. Uh, you know, some you didn't have to pay them until you got the refund. Some you you have to find out if they'll defend you if the IRS questions it. So 
what I'm saying is if you went through with one of the companies, which may be a good company, uh, make sure you have your contract handy because you may need to pull it out. Great. All right. Well, this has been excellent, Donna. Thanks always for joining me. And like I said, if you have any questions, reach out to Donna directly. And this has been the Health Law Hotspot. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. And my number is 312-580-1250. And my email is dhartl, H-A-R-T-L, at ralaw.com. Perfect. And you can also find her on our website at ralaw.com. Thanks, Donna. See you next Thanks, time. Erica. Bye-bye. The Retzel Health Law Hotspot is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Retzel Health Law Hotspot does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Retzel Health Law Hotspot should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have.